Hello, Bitcoiners. My name is Ansel Lindner, and this is Bitcoin and Markets. On this show, we honestly explore Bitcoin to the best of our ability. We take a look at stats, metrics, the tech, and the economics behind it all. My goal is to stay ahead of the curve and to take you along with me. Thanks for joining me. Let's go. Hello, Bitcoiners. Welcome back to the show. Man, what a wild 24 hours we've had with the Tether stuff. I have some opinions on that, so that's coming up a little bit later. Also, some other announcements real quick is uh, a new Bitcoin banter episode will be coming out within a few days whenever I get the audio cleaned up and published. That's where we get together on our Discord server in a free and open chat room and anybody can come in. So we we have some good discussion and I really have a good time doing that. So be looking out for that in a a couple days. If you want to join the Discord, there's a link in the show notes. There's lots of ways to support the show too. So we need your support. Gone over to bitcoinandmarkets.com forward slash support and you'll find lots of ways to do that as well as becoming a member on Patreon and you can find that on the support page. And lastly, we have the report. So I put out a weekly report on, it's like a weekly digest of, you know, a bunch of charts and a few news items and a little bit of commentary from myself. So uh, if you want to get that, you can go to the website and find that as well. Okay, let's get in to the price. All right, so let's talk about price on Bitstamp right now, 5103. I've been calling for a correction. All right, we we went a long time, all the way back February since what day was this that we hit this second low? The first week of February, and it's been pretty much up since then. All right, and so I'm calling for a larger size correction. I've been calling for that uh, for a while. At this point, I don't see that getting lower than 4,200 area. But I'm, I do think we're going to go to the lower 4,000s and continue this uh, correction. I mean, there's multiple reasons why I say that. Because I think we need to retest that former resistance. We need to get down there and retest that. But there's also some divergences in the charts. We've had higher highs in price with lower highs in some of the indicators. So that signals that there's going to be a reversal or a correction. And overall, I just don't think that Bitcoin is ready to break out for good. Okay, there again, there's a lot of these, a lot of arguments based on the altcoins that the altcoins they sh- they can't be allowed <laughs> to follow Bitcoin. Okay, so when Bitcoin does break out, which it has been with the altcoins struggling. Um, and now Bitcoin will crash and the altcoins will crash further. For example, the number two altcoin XRP has been a horrible performer over the last couple months. But also Ethereum. I think Bitcoin is up on Ethereum close to 20% this year. And remember, Ethereum didn't, they hit their all time high against Bitcoin back in June of 17. So this is a two year bear market for Ethereum versus Bitcoin. And I expect that to continue, right? So if you look at all these charts versus Bitcoin, they should all have a similar um, appearance. There should be a small accumulation phase at the beginning, followed by a gigantic ramp, and then slowly dying off. Okay, over a couple years, 
Maybe it makes some attempts at rallying, but it can never get back to its very first rally. And I think that's probably what's going to happen here with Ethereum as well. We might see a rally here and there as bag holders try to pump this up, but against Bitcoin, it's going to continue down. In the case of Bitcoin, it needs to shed that dead weight before it can really break out, especially above 6,000. It needs to shed a lot of dead weight of these altcoins. So um, I don't think we're quite ready to get there. Of course, anything can happen, right? If some big whale can come in and and buy 100 million in a market order and pop the price. But uh, I don't think that is likely, at least in the near term, I'm talking a couple months. So I think it's going to take a few more months here to kind of shake some dead weight before we can really break out. Plus, we need we just need to test that support. That's how these things work. We The chart needs to go down and test that support. That's all you can say. <laughs> I think it's probably going to be a wick. But, I mean, we could spend some significant time back in the 4,000s. So be ready for that. All right, let's go on to sentiment. So this is exactly what I called two weeks ago. I said that the ratio of longs to shorts, uh, the shorts were going to take over, okay, and break this formation. And if you get my uh, report, you can see my charts there. But it, it's going to break the formation, which it has done. So it went all the way from 20% more longs than shorts. Now we're down to 0.61, so 40% more shorts than longs. That is very, very significant. And then on the total sum side, I said that, so if you take all the contracts together and you add them up, then it will uh, break out to the top side. So there will be more trading interest um, and it will mainly be short. And that's what, that's what I was talking about. That's one reason why I called for this larger correction because the way, I mean, I am doing technical analysis on a ratio of a derivative product. So I understand this is a little crazy talk, but from the way that these metrics were lining up, they were going to break in opposite directions. So the ratio was going to break short and the uh, sum, the total, so uh, longs plus shorts was going to break north. And we've kind of seen that the, the, the sum has not taken off as much as I thought, but that could happen on the next leg. So there's still a lot of room to add both longs and shorts. Be looking out for that, just more interest. We might even, it might even take a big bounce, like a big wick down to 4,200 and then some trading around 4,500 before we see a lot more trading interest come in. I know I'm kind of waiting for that. So there's a lot of people that are on the sidelines waiting. Um, and I think they will be opening these contracts. Plus, I mean, with the Tether situation, Tether, Bitfinex, this particular metric is a Bitfinex metric. So there could be some, uh, you know, hesitancy to open positions on Bitfinex over the last day. That might continue for a week. But once this kind of gets settled out, I think we'll see this the total uh, trading activity increase. Next thing, let's talk about mining. So mining, uh, I just have some commentary here. Right now we are showing uh, an estimated the next difficulty adjustment in a little over a week at eight days from now. And it's estimated to be negative 1.37%. So a week ago, it went down less than a percent, the difficulty. Two weeks before that, the adjustment right before that, um, it was basically level at a 0.22% increase. So over the last month, the difficulty has been really, really flat. 
um, the hash rate has been really, really flat. And then this one is looks like to be a decrease of 1%, but that can change within a matter of 6 to 12 hours. So um, I'm not, uh, this isn't concerning, but what it is, is I've been using this particular sign. So the hash rate, the hash rate was not following this price breakout. Price went up 25% from 4000 all the way up to 5000 And the hash rate didn't budge. So that, to me, was like, hmm, these, these miners that are, they are ta uh, tapped into the OTC market, some of the things that the unseen for the majority of people. And you if they were getting really bullish, you would see a lot of hash rate come back on. I mean, we are still about... I don't know, 15 to 20% below the all-time hash rate, all-time high for hash rate. Um, and so there is capacity just waiting there to come back on. But the fact that they didn't do that, to me, says they had a different read on the market. They had some different information. So I was saying that this, the flat hash rate was a signal that this breakout was not 100% yet. And it seems to be coming true. So we'll see. It's even decreasing slightly right now. So they're about two weeks ahead of us, in my opinion. Anyways, let's go on to the next item. Let's do lightning. All right, we are still in the plateau for lightning as well, the lightning network. So the number of nodes is roughly the same. It's gone up 5% or so in a week, up to 81.58. Number of channels is roughly even at 38,000. And network capacity is nearly identical to last week at uh, 1,060 Bitcoins. Of course, the dollar capacity for the Lightning Network um, was increasing as the price of Bitcoin was increasing. But uh, now, of course, that's, that's plateaued as well. So overall, it probably has the same cycles as the larger Bitcoin market. Lightning Network will grow in spurts. We'll see a each uh, time that it grows, then we'll have a plateau of a consolidation um, where the engineers and the entrepreneurs are out there laying the infrastructure, and then we'll have a next exponential rise in the size of the Lightning Network. So overall, I am not concerned with this, but it is important to point out that the growth in the Lightning Network has plateaued now for a, close to a month. All right, real quick note here on development. Uh, I'm just going to read a couple things out of the Optech newsletter. I recommend you guys uh, checking this every week. And they have really good, this is the technical newsletter for Bitcoin and Lightning. All right. So it has a lot of really good information. But um, I'm just going to touch on two things. First thing is Bitcoin Core 0.18. This is the next major release of Bitcoin. They're still testing the release candidates. So if you listen to this and you want to help test, you can uh, go here and uh, get the information that you need. That should be out in a week or two, I'm guessing, maybe up to a month. LND now, the second thing here is LND 0.16, their uh, next major beta that is coming out. So uh, they're on the same sort of schedule. So Bitcoin Core, uh, every what is it? Every six months they wanted to have a major release. And so it looks like Lightning is kind of following that because this new major release is coming about seven months after the last one. But 
guys, the development happening on Bitcoin, on the Bitcoin stack, including Lightning Network and side chains and all these other things, man, it is gangbusters. There is no way that you can stay up with everything on Lightning, let alone Lightning and Bitcoin Core. I mean, it's just, it's going crazy. But this Optech newsletter will give you a very good handle once a week on that stuff. So um, I recommend you guys checking out the link in the show notes. Okay, now let's get on the news items. You guys have all heard about this by now. Tether, the New York AG, I'll just read out the... So this is from Hoddle Hoddle News, and I'll just read their summary here. A government lawyer from the state of New York alleges Bitfinex used at least $700 million from Tether's cash reserves to cover up an $850 million loss of consumer funds. Customer funds. Specifically, Bitfinex borrowed $700 million from Tether. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with this, Tether was part of Bitfinex at first. Okay, Bitfinex created this uh, stablecoin and they were running it. Until it started getting really popular, they're like, oh man, this is a liability for Bitfinex, so let's let's break it off to its own company. And now there's a Tether company and a Bitfinex company, but they are still very closely linked. I think at least they have the same, same CEO, if not multiple C-level people are all the same. But they are two distinct personal or two distinct companies. <laughs> distinct personalities. <laughs> um and the way Tether works, right, it's one-to-one. So if Tether is $2.9 billion worth of Tether, it should have $2.9 billion worth of cash in the bank. Now, a couple months ago, they changed that to cash or cash equivalents. Maybe they changed that because they lent this money to their parent company or their sister company, Bitfinex. Um, but why did they have to do that? Everyone's like, oh, Bifinex is insolvent. Something is going on here with Bifinex. Well, what they did was they gave a bunch of money to a third party, Crypto Capital in Panama or El Salvador or something like that. Well, they, um, these, this Crypto Capital w- became unresponsive and Bifinex was like, what the F is going on here? Um, they needed to meet their withdrawals, right? They needed to meet their working capital needs. And so they took this loan from their sister company, Tether, to cover that. Now, in the meantime, they were obviously hoping that they could get that money back from crypto capital, but that was the dynamic there, okay? Also, crypto capital was telling Bitfinex that there was a, uh, that the money had been frozen or seized by the government, the government of Portugal, I believe, and the government of the United States, they had like freezes on the accounts, something like that. So Bifinex knew that they probably were going to be able to get the money back, but it they needed that working capital right now to meet the demands of their company. So they took this loan from Tether. Of course, Tether, I mean, they have $2.9 billion. This is a sizable portion uh, at $850 million. But Tether's circulating um, supply has not been under a billion probably in two years, and they didn't look like it was going to be there anytime soon. I mean, I would put a very high probability that it was going to stay above a billion, and this, this would not uh, become an issue for any time ever in the future. But at the same time, it's understandable you want Tether to be 100% solvent, okay? 
But, I mean, geez. They are good actors. Tether is a good actor in the space. Bitfinex is a great actor in the space. They've been supportive of Bitcoin every step of the way. The Bitcoin ethos, um, the Bitcoin ecosystem being very uh, innovative. I mean, they've added too many shit coins now, <laughs> but, you know, they're a very innovative company and they've, they haven't pissed people off like Coinbase has. So they, they, are, they are the good guys here. The bad guys are the New York AG. Apparently, um, Tether came out with a response. And I'll, of course, I'll link these things in the show notes. But uh, Tether came out with a response that they just sprung this on them, right? They should have let people, like, there, there should have been some other process. They just sprung it and dumped it on the market. Now, they're also acting in bad faith because they said in the uh, New York AG's report, it said that they lost the funds and Tether was like, no, we didn't lose the funds. Bifinex didn't lose the funds. Those funds were seized and frozen. We didn't lose them. And uh, so anyway, this is, in my opinion, what this boils down to here is the big banks in on Wall Street, the, the people that the New York AG works for, and that's not a conspiracy theory. The New York AG works for those big motherfucking banks. I'm telling you, that's the truth. And so, the AG's employer wants to kill Tether. Because even after all the, la the last two or three years where the Tether FUD pushed by these big banks, Tether is still strong. And then there was a period where Tether had secret bank accounts. Well, why the heck do you think that is? Because these big banks will push their weight around and tell that bank to close Tether's account. Because they're applying pressure. They want Tether out of the market. Because they want their USDC or their Paxos coin or whatever. They want these, these big uh, bank coins to become Tether's position. Okay, So they need to kill Tether. And they've been trying over and over and over again. So they, it's, it felt like this coordination around against Tether. And I said that, my, that was my initial reaction on Twitter. I said, hmm, this is very interesting. There's this coordination. It feels coordinated around the same time in the cycle as the Mike Hearn coordination. And remember, Mike Hearn, he had the rage quit back in 2016, January 2016, right in the same kind of place in this market cycle, right when we were kind of turning the corner he does his rage quit and the market crashes there. So, um, and he went to work for R3, which, which is in league with all these big banks. They, they were a consortium of banks. So all of this had a very familiar feeling to it. And I think it's just these people trying to kill Tether. They do not want Tether to remain there because Tether is independent, Right. They are fairly independent. They are, they, I mean, they are regulated, but they aren't owned by the big banks. They're the nouveau riche. And what do the old money want to do to the nouveau riche? They want to kill them. They want to smack them down, keep them down. And that's what I'm feeling here. <laughs> anyway, there will be some more links in the show notes. What other news items do we have here? 
Um, while we're talking about Tether, I just want to touch on these stable coins a little bit more. So, of course, you have Tether, then you have USD coin and Paxos. Gemini is in there as well, but Gemini is, uh, they're the Winklevoss. They probably have some banking investors, but they aren't like a bank coin. The big bank coins are Paxos and USD coin. Those are the ones that are owned or significantly a significant portion of them are owned by the big banks. So those are the ones that are trying to go against Tether or knock Tether down. But then, of course, you have other coins like DAI. And if you follow me on Twitter, I've been very critical of DAI now for the last couple weeks. Every time they have a hard day, uh, I'm tweeting about them. And of course, they had another hard day this time, and I mean, Tether was the main uh, focus of this big announcement, but DAI was the worst performer. So it went during that 24 hours, it went from roughly even all the way down to, um, what is this? Almost 92 cents. So it dropped over 7% in the day where Tether was the center of all this controversy, and Tether only dropped like two cents. So, um, and Ethereum dropped like this roughly the same amount. Maybe uh, at the time I looked at it and tweeted about it first, Ethereum had dropped 1% and DAI had dropped 7%. And so, uh, you know, this argument that DAI just has to be more stable relative to Ethereum well, that doesn't even work, right? Especially on these big, uh, big uh, days like this. So, anyways, just wanted to point that out with, with Dai and with the stablecoin competitors because we are going to have a huge amount of stablecoins in the future. I mean, th this current crop of stablecoins, there's going to be the next generation. Governments are going to launch their own stablecoins. They already have. They've started doing this, and so. These stable coins, number one, they should not be counted in a quote unquote dominance against Bitcoin. I don't, I mean, obviously it's not fair, but the life isn't fair, but it's just not the same thing, right? It's the same as these altcoins, especially centralized altcoins that they say they're centralized and there's some centralized app or whatever. And they count that market cap against Bitcoin when there's like, four cents of volume per for that day. It's just ridiculous. But as I think if they count if they count these stable coins market caps legitimately. So it's it's ridiculous. I think there will be a flippening on Bitcoin from the rest of this market if they count these stable coins as legitimate. But if they're not counting the stable coins, then uh, Bitcoin is secure from all that. And it doesn't even count, right? Like, whatever. I mean, Bitcoin is going to be the one. So it doesn't really matter. But at the same time, you don't want to see this narrative build up that, oh, USD coin is better than Bitcoin. Look, the market cap is bigger or whatever. So that's that's what I'm concerned about. <laughs> I hope that all made sense, guys. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for listening. Thank you, my supporters on Patreon. Uh, if you guys want to support the show, bitcoinandmarkets.com forward slash support. Also sign up for the weekly newsletter that it, you can do that on the website as well. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.